Welcome back, everybody. Connor Howe live in your basement. Week 7, all the balls with Jake Platter, with Connor Howe. I'm Justin Miller. Thank you again for listening. We're going to open things up today with the MLB Playoffs Roundup. There's four teams still remaining. The Houston Astros have officially forced a Game 7. Can they be the second team in history to come back from a 3-0 deficit? Connor sure knows how that feels with the New York Yankees in 2004. We're going to start things off with some baseball. We're going to talk some hockey. We're going to get into some NBA and finally finish with some football. Connor, Jake, two interesting series going on right now in Major League Baseball. Let's start off on the National League side of it. The Dodgers and Braves, it's 3-2 right now. And the Braves lead the series 3-2. Connor, thoughts from what you've seen so far from those two teams? Uh, well, I thought the Braves could close it out last night, but they couldn't quite. And the Dodgers uh, Dodgers were down 2-1 early and made a huge comeback. And Corey Seager was huge, getting two homers. Um, I think it's a great series so far. Um, if you ask me to give me a prediction on it, I'm going to say Atlanta's going to end up closing this series out. I think they got free going for game six. He's a stud. And he was a big part of their game one or two victory. I forget which game he pitched. But that's regardless because he's a good pitcher. Um, but this this is very exciting. And the Astros coming back from down 3-0 is something I could not see coming. And frankly, game seven is going to be it's gonna be a great ride. You're absolutely right. I think the Astros are carrying all the momentum at this point. They have the, the pitching advantage from this point on in the series. And I think they take game seven. They might even game take... Game six, you mean? Dodgers. Braves. Oh, yeah, excuse me. I think they take it from here on out, and they, they go on to the World Series. Um, they might even win the World Series, the Astros, which would be incredible. I don't know if a team has ever been sub-500 and won the World Series. So that, that's going to be something to, to think about there. Very interesting. Then on the other side, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know too much about the Braves, but the, the Dodgers are, are quite a powerful unit. Um, they do have some solid pitching. Uh, they got you know some good power in their in their bats. I think they probably take it. It, it. I think an exciting series would be Dodgers and Astros. Probably a lot of high scoring games. Um, so that's what I'm rooting for. A lot of exciting baseball if there's such a thing. And right now, watching this series, I'm surprised that the Braves are winning three to two going into the series. I had the Dodgers. Ninety five percent of the people had the Dodgers winning the series. But Connor, like you mentioned tonight. 438 actually, early game today on Fox Sports 1, Game 6. Two of the best pitchers in this series. You got Max Fried pitching for Atlanta. You got Walker Bueller pitching for the Dodgers. I'm expecting the Dodgers to win this game just because they're the better team. But right now, this Braves lineup is stacked and loaded. Marzello Zuna, Ozzy Albies, Dansby Swanson, Freddie Freeman. These guys are all hitting the heck out of the ball in this series right now. And really, it comes down to me in this series. The Dodgers bullpen has plainly not been good. They cannot figure out who their closer is. Kenley Jansen has had his struggles in this series. Brewster Gratterall has had major struggles in the series. Can Joe Kelly be the man to pitch in the ninth inning? The Dodgers need to figure out who that guy is in the setup man role, the closer role, because if not, this series could end tonight. Max Fried's a very good pitcher. He has a 150 ERA so far in these playoffs. It's going to be a heck of a pitching matchup tonight. Two great pitchers. But kudos to the Braves. What a season so far. And I would love to see Atlanta back in the World Series for the first time in a while. It would be good to see them. Too much of the Dodgers lately in the World Series, it seems like, every year now. So I'm excited for that Game 6 tonight. Moving on to the other side of things, Game 7. Houston Astros coming all the way back from a 3-0 deficit. And unbelievable. A lot of people not liking the Houston Astros right now. A big-time scandal that went on last year with all the cheating and everything. Most people don't want to see Houston win the series. I had Houston winning the series going in. Tampa is up 3 nothing, 
and all of a sudden you turn your head around and look at it. Look at it. It's 3-3. We were watching the game down here a little bit last night. And just like that, the Houston Astros are right back in the series. Game seven, who's going to win tonight? I want to say the Rays. I think it's going to be a huge game. I Houston. Think, I think the Rays are I – I kept saying this when I was picking the Rays. They're a better pitching team, and I just believe they're going to come out on front today. Um, I think on the mound, it might be Glasnow for the Rays today. I think it's Mo- – yeah, Morton. Oh, it's Morton. I like that matchup more. I like Charlie Morton. And who do you got for the Astros going? Lance McCullers Jr. McCullers is a good pitcher as well. couple of good pitching matchups for Game 7. This is going to be exciting to watch. But I'm going to have to raise. I think Charlie Morton's going to go five to six innings. Only one to two runs given up. Damn. <laughs> I got Houston in that one. I like I – I mean, I don't like Houston because of all the, the cheating and the scandal. But – like I said, they're carrying all the momentum at this point. I think I think Tampa is sort of uh, scrambling for answers right now. And I know Houston's won a couple close games, but like I said, that the momentum's everything. That you gotta you gotta imagine that in the minds of these Tampa Bay players, they're thinking we've had three opportunities to win already, and we haven't done it. Now now we're in a winner go home scenario. Then we they're already feeling like they blew something, don't you think? A little bit, but at the same time. Tampa, it's going to be a low-scoring game, and I think Tampa excels in low-scoring games. Okay. You know what they, you know what they say usually? The better pitching usually wins a four-out-of-seven series, and right now, Houston, just like Jake said, they have all the momentum. Winning the last three games, you look at the pitching matchup tonight, Lance McCullers Jr. in his last outing, 11 strikeouts, no walks. If he pitches like that tonight again, obviously Houston's going to take it home. I agree with Jake. I think Houston's going to come back and be the second time ever, second team ever to come back from a 3-0 deficit. You look at both starting lineups, you pair them against each other, you look at the leadoff hole, the nine-hitter, the six-hitter. Houston has more talent. Don't get me wrong, Tampa's a great story. Guys like Brandon Lau, Arozina, guys having crazy series for them. Some guys you've never even heard of. Joey Wendell. Joey Wendell, Austin Meadows, the young talent on this Tampa Bay Rays team is unbelievable. And for years to come, I think the Red Sox and Yankees have another player in that division that's going to be really good for a couple more years down the line, especially with that pitching staff. But to me, it comes down to that starting lineup tonight. And you saw some crucial hits last night from guys like Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, George Springer. These guys have been in the World Series before. They have more experience, and that experience is going to pay off tonight. I think Houston takes Game 7, and it's going to set up a heck of a World Series for whoever Houston ends up going up against. But Tampa Bay, you just cannot lose a 3-0 lead. A chance to get to the World Series in a shortened season, a key opportunity for them. And I think Houston's going to take it, but it's going to be an exciting game. Oh, for sure. And what a lead squandered by Tampa this is. This is a disaster on all levels. But let's get to some, uh, let's get to some basketball. Before we get to some basketball, Connor, you want to touch on some NHL free agency? Or you- I would love to, actually. I'm glad you asked me. The Islanders, have, uh, they haven't been very noticeable in free agency. They haven't made any blockbuster moves, but they did make a couple moves. And some, some things I like, some things I'm uh, scratching my head a little bit about. But, you know, we'll see what happens. you got... Uh, first thing I want to talk about is the new goaltender, Corey Schneider from the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Signed with the Islanders. I think he's going to be a primary backup. Um, Belenisev, I think, um, was the goaltender for us um, most of the postseason. He did a very good job, I think. And Schneider, I think he's going to be a, um, he'll be a good backup. And I can't wait to see what he does. I'm going to be watching him closely. Uh, the Islanders traded Devin Tays for two second rounders as well earlier in the offseason. I like Taze a lot, but two second rounders is a pretty good haul, a pretty good piece. Um, but, I mean, 
Taze is a type of player that you don't want. It's not going to be easy to replace on defense. Um, we signed back Sebastian Ajo on defense, who I thought was a pretty good move. Uh, we also traded for AJ Greer, who's a 25-year-old winger. Supposed to be of, very good. Out of Colorado, who came out of BU. Traded him for Kyle Burrows. Um, I can't wait to see him. He, he looks like a young kid out of BU, so I'm going to be... I'm going to be watching that for sure. And I think the Islanders are poisoning themselves for another run. No, overall, I think your Islanders did a pretty good job. And like you said, they kept most of their key players. So that's the good news. It's a tough conference, so we'll see what happens. Jake, any thoughts on what you've seen so far in the NHL free agency? No. Nothing. Jake, not the biggest NHL fan, but you know what? It's all right, because I'm going to talk a little bit about it right now. Got to mention Tory Krug signing with the St. Louis Blues. It was sad to see him leave my Boston Bruins. And speaking of teams that did good and bad during free agency, I think the Boston Bruins... Maybe got a C minus if they were lucky. Wow. I do not like what they did. It's passing. C minus. It'd be good. It's barely passing. Yeah, it's I passing. mean, it's a passing grade, but not good enough for a team with that much talent. They got Craig Smith, another great winger. They got him from Nash- Nashville, the Predators, a guy that can easily come in this season for the Bruins and score 20, 25, maybe even 30 goals, especially if Jake DeBrusque isn't back with the Bruins. But overall, I don't like the job the Bruins did so far in free agency. There's still time left. The main thing is the Bruins don't know if Zidane Char is going to be back. Yeah. He needs to resign. I don't care how old he is. He's a big piece of this team. I want him to die on the ice. You like Big Z? Yep. Big Z is a guy that you need around if you want a chance to compete at the Stanley Cup level. The other news from my Boston Bruins, Brad Marsh and David Pasternak had surgery. Sounds like they're not even going to be ready to start the season. Those are your two best players. So right now the Bruins kind of in the middle of nowhere. And this is a team that just got to the Stanley Cup and lost in Game 7 to the St. Louis Blues, a team that they gave Tory Krug in free agency. Tory Krug would have been a guy I would have liked to see them re-sign. Unfortunately, they couldn't do it. But now is the time where the Boston Bruins need to start thinking about that young talent that they had in Providence. Because right now, I don't like the job they did, plain and simple. Another point I want to get to real quick. It is really unbelievable to me, all these teams that are changing goalies. Connor, did you see all the different goalies on different teams so far in this free agency? I have been. And frankly, I was going to ask you if that's been a common theme in the past free agency. But I've seen it a lot in these free agencies. A lot of goalies changing teams for one-year deals. I mean, I've seen it happen in the past, but not like this. To me, I'm looking at my phone. It's alert after alert after alert. I feel like we're going to see a guy from Oliver Rame sign on a team soon. It's <laughs> unbelievable. The Devils got Corey Crawford, a 35-year-old. A key with the Blackhawks, especially when they played the Bruins in the Stanley Cup five years ago. The Flames signed Jacob Markstrom, another key move there for them. Wow. And just all over the place, the Dallas Stars team that just got to the Stanley Cup and almost, be, almost won it, re-signed Anton Kadobin. He's a really good goalie if you were paying attention to those playoffs. That's a huge move for Dallas. A huge move for them. Another huge move if you're a goalie. The Canucks signed Braden Holtby. Wow. I know our dear friend Jared Kessel is probably not too happy about that. Definitely not. Holtby's a good goaltender, but I think they... They did sign out Lundqvist. Yeah, they did. So Lundqvist, another goalie that moved. Cam Talbot goes to Minnesota Wild. So just really all over the place. Goalies moving places. I don't know what it is with this free agency or whether it's just just guys moving, guys changing places after a shortened season. It's it's whacking to me, but it's going to make the season a lot more interesting, I feel like, in the NHL. Oh, for sure. And I'm definitely excited to see how these goaltenders pan out on their new teams. I love, I love goaltenders going to new scenarios and... Try, kind of proving themselves a little bit and these one-year deals to kind of prove it prove it or nothing seasons and th- that's the most exciting hockey to watch yeah it's not like don't get me wrong hockey it's not our favorite sport we like basketball we like football a little more but sometimes when you see the same goalies on the same team for five six years it gets a little boring i think change is going to be a good thing in the nhl i think it's going to be good to see some guys on new teams add craig smith to the bruins give them a new dimension maybe they'll be better than we think 
It would definitely be interesting if Zidane Chara decides not to retire and ends up on a new team. What if you see Zidane Chara on your New York Islanders this year? Things could start getting crazy. No any, you know, no, he'll probably either retire or come back to the Bruins. But a lot of different moves so far, and it's going to make it for an interesting season whenever the season actually starts because of all this COVID stuff going on. But we'll see what happens. I like the job your Islanders did so far, Connor. And right now I have to pick them ahead of my Boston Bruins. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think the Islanders put themselves in a good spot for next year. We'll see what happens. We'll talk more hockey as the season gets a little closer. But right now, players are moving, changing places. Goalies are changing places like crazy. It's time to move on to the NBA. We're going to do a little thing today called Five Questions. We did this last week in the NFL. We're going to go over an NBA Finals Rewind real quick because now we are here today. We know who the champion is. The L.A. Lakers got that championship. You guys, are you surprised by this? Not really. No, but congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers and for LeBron James getting his fourth ring, his fourth finals MVP. It was a historic run for the Lakers. And um, you know what? They were able to get it done. Yeah. Yeah? I'm not. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised. When when things started out, I didn't pick them as my champion. But I I figured they'd always stick around and, and, you know, be a contender. I know I... I made a very bold prediction that the Heat would would pull off the upset. That was more for shock value than anything else. Um, and, and just in my heart, I didn't want to see LeBron win. But you shouldn't pick with your heart. You should pick with your brain. Um, so I was wrong there. Uh, I'm not going to congratulate LeBron. I don't do that. Um, but he did win. So that that's a fact. Um, Jesus. <laughs> I, I thought Davis could have won Finals MVP. It was close. Um, they both did really good. And I don't think there was anything stopping either of them throughout the series. Um, the Heat looked good. They they looked like a lot better than we thought they'd be. Even entering that series, I don't think many people thought it would go six games. Um, so so props to the Heat. Props to Jimmy Butler. Um, but, uh, yeah, a good win for the Lakers, tying up the Celtics for most uh, titles all time. They have been to, like, twice as many as the Celtics, though, so... I won't. I won't live that down. Um, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna get into some some more uh, off season potential and and some early look at next season stuff. So we'll see what you guys think about what the Lakers will do next year. No, it's definitely gonna be interesting, and I don't think any of us are really that shocked that the Lakers beat the Heat. The Heat were a good story this year. Unfortunately, being the Boston Celtics, it's still a little hard to believe right now. But um, the Lakers. You got LeBron James, you got Anthony Davis, and you got playoff Rondo. Rajon Rondo had a pretty good series for playoff the most part. Rondo is a different animal. It's definitely different. He wasn't as great. He wasn't as great in the, some of the last couple games. He did play good in that last game of the series. He was a huge reason why the Lakers got this title. And now, unfortunately, they tied the Boston Celtics for the most championships in NBA history. We'll, we'll see if that changes. First. You think so? Yep. The race to 18 is on. Congratulations to the Lakers. And Those the thing. Hapless Lakers, man. They got gotcha. you. It's, I mean, it, suck, it sucks for us to see them tie us, but now the only good news out of this, I think, you know, Kobe, he was a great player. Unfortunately, he passed away this year, and I think they won it for him. So yeah. it's kind of a good story to end a crazy season, crazy year you so think far. would have won it if he didn't die? They probably would have won it either way, but it makes it for a better story. Absolutely. No, they had, they had probably the best town in the league. A lot of people said the Clippers bring it down, but when you go LeBron James, he can win the championship any season. He's getting closer and closer to Jordan. Will he pass them? That's a story for Absolutely a different time. Not. You don't think he will? He didn't need to, LeBron is 35 years old? Yeah. I mean, I think he plays till he's 40. It's going to be tough. Okay, he's 35 years old. He needs three championships to pass Michael Jordan. Pass rings or pass him all time? In ring. I mean, he needs two to time. It's going to be tough to even time in he's rings. He's not going to. I think if he even comes close to time, he passes him all time. As the best player ever. No. Just me? No. 
It's going to be a good LeBron debate. LeBron needs about 12 championships. No, to... no. I'm a Mike. I, I like Mike, and I never saw him play, but you can't discredit Braun like that. If Braun gets five chips, he'll have one less than Jordan. We'll have a serious discussion. Why? 11 finals appearances, it will be, and five chips. That would be insane. That would be absolutely clinically insane with three different squads. I agree that's insane, and I, I don't no. necessarily like the argument that the East was weak and he got there, but I think there is something to say about it because Jordan had to play a lot of very talented teams, and LeBron got to play, like, the four all-star Hawks. Um, Bro, LeBron beat, like, the, LeBron beat the Warriors, the best team ever assembled. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not talking about the finals. I'm not talking about in the finals. I'm okay. talking about getting to the finals. You're talking about finals appearances. I totally respect that he has a ton of them, and it's it's very impressive. But I don't think anyone is going to make the argument that Jordan had a easier time getting to the finals than LeBron. Yes? I think it's, I think it's closer than people think. I don't think those Bulls teams that they played are outrageously amazing. Like, there are a couple Hall of Famers for sure. You got the The teams the Bulls played? Yeah, on their way to championships. Pistons, very good. They lost to the Magic, who... Yeah, I mean, LeBron, you know, LeBron's lost. Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure people remember Mike losing. It's a good debate for a different time. Two of the best players of all time, no doubt about that. Two... Michael Jordan, already a Hall of Famer. I think LeBron's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. Maybe not sure. first ballot, but he will be. LeBron will, get, sure. LeBron will find his way to get in there if he retired today, I think. Maybe. If he retired 10 years ago, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, probably even before his career started. Just based on high school ball. But now it's time to go around the league. Five questions. The five questions I'll be asking you guys today. The team that's one piece away this offseason. The team most likely to regress this offseason. The player that needs a change of scenery. That could be a lot of different players. Your bold prediction in the offseason and right now your finals matchup if the season was starting tomorrow. Let's start off with the first question, the team that's one piece away, and then we're going to get into football for the remainder of the show. So we'll talk about this for about 10, 15 minutes. The team that is one piece away, Connor, Jake, who wants to start off? Go ahead. I'll start. I think the Dallas Mavericks are one piece away. I think the combination of Luka Doncic and Christos Porzingis has proven itself to be a very good combination, a very good one-two punch for this Dallas Mavericks team. Maybe not a ton of defense. And I think that's where the kind of third piece needs to be. It needs to be a good supplementary role. Not role player, supplementary scoring option with who brings tenacious defense. Whether that be at the center position, playing next to Porzingis, or whether it be a wing player, playing next to Donkic. They need a third player that can provide 15 to 20 points a night and play stout defense. They need more, they need more defensive players on that team. And I think Luka has shown himself to be an extremely extremely talented and gifted player and giving him a third option to score with and someone that can play defense I think the Mavs put themselves in contender talk. You don't think it could be a guard? I, I think I think it could be I just think it works better with either a wing or a big man because that defense is huge and that's where they were how, they, they had holes issues. How good of a piece do they need? I, in my mind I'm, I'm trying to think about I, they were a great team they, and they I don't think many people had them beating the Clippers in the in the playoffs, but they gave them a good run. Let me ask you if if the Mavericks were to trade for a player like if they trade like, for like Drew Holiday, are um, they where are they go? I make maybe that gets you to the conference finals, but I think a player like if you if you put Bam in there instead of Drew, 
Okay. I think Bam has a better chance of you getting to the finals and winning because I think Bam is a really good third option, a really good defensive player at the five, and his size isn't going to matter that much because you'll have Porzingis next to him. Sure. Okay. I totally believe that. I agree with that. Who's yours? My team is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, they, they might be a piece and a couple years away, but they the, the talent they currently have on their roster, um, plus another young guy who can develop into a, a good scoring option on the wing, and I think that team is a, a legitimate contender. I think they have right now they're in the perfect blend of young talent and, and veteran uh, talent on the team. You look at Paul, who I know is, is going to regress, if anything. Um, Gallinari, probably the same. Steven Adams is going to keep doing what Steven Adams does for a little while longer. But Gilgis Alexander's on his way up. And I think if they had another guy with similar potential and uh, similar age to Gilgis Alexander, that team could knock off some teams they aren't supposed to and, and maybe you know work their way up to, to that contention level. Um, it's going to be a combination of adding someone and internal development, but I think that that team is one good piece away from from being a legitimate contender. I like both those picks. I'm going to have to keep it on the Western Conference side. I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. This is a team that seems like they're in the playoffs almost every season. They're close to going to that championship, but they just can't seem to get close enough. You have two great, I'd say, superstars, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. But besides that, you look around at this team. You got Paul Millsap. You got... Michael Porter's a guy that many people think could be the third option. I still think he's young. I think he's going to get better. But I don't think he's ever going to be a great player in this league. I think he's going to be good. But I don't think he's ever going to be a great player that the Nuggets hoped that he would be. He had comparisons coming out of college that he was going to be like Kevin Durant. I don't think it's going to be even close to that now. But I think the Nuggets are one piece away. You You add. he'll be an all-star? I think he'll be like, I'd say a two, three, four-time all-star. That's pretty good. It's a good player. I don't think he's ever going to be great. But I don't think he's the piece that the Nuggets need on this team. Four-time all-star? I think if the Nuggets find a way to get that guy that's another all-star that feeds Jamal Murray, that gets Nikola Jokic the ball. Another all-star. A third come on, option. Man, come on. You're, you're talking about... You think right now this Nuggets team can get to the finals no, with Michael Porter? No, I don't. But, but you're saying that Michael Porter, who could be a career three or four-time all-star and is not good enough to be their third best player. I don't think he that's, changed. That's an incredible feat to, to accomplish, being a three or four-time all-star. And You I, could be a three or four-time all-star and not change the team. I just don't think he makes the team better. Wow, I think that's a pretty bold statement See? to make. I think what you're forgetting is they didn't have Will Barton last year. In, in the playoffs. They didn't have Will Barton. And he's getting older. He's I just a think great player. He's a good player. So is Gary Harris, and so is Paul Millsap. I just think the talent on this team does not mesh well together. When you have guys like Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray that are taking, you're watching the second half of some of these games, and they're taking like 60% of the shots. So, I think you need someone else to come in, distribute the ball to. Michael Porter's a good player. He's going to get his shots up, but I don't think right now in these next two to four, five years that he's the guy that's going to get them to the finals. I think if you think bring they, some new talent in, you'll be fine. Do you think they need a player... That is better than Murray or Jokic? No. I think you can get to the finals with Murray and Jokic being your best player. I think you need a... You're saying you need Are a... Are you talking like a Giannis? No, 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 they don't have to be that good. But, like, someone, I get. I guess, who's more, like, scoring dominant. You know who I think would be very good with this team? Who? Someone like a Fred Van Vliet. Get him some shots, distribute the ball. So you don't the defenders will take their eyes off Jamal Murray. And a Fred Van Vliet, I'm trying you to might think I sound crazy. I, I, I think do. they can get to the... A team like this could get to the finals with Fred Van Fleet if Michael Porter wow. develops like the way he's supposed I to do, in a couple years I down the do line. I do think you're crazy because I'm trying to wrap my mind around how 
you don't think that they are a contender with Michael Porter as their third best player, but then adding Fred Van Vliet, who may or may not be better than Michael Porter, automatically makes them a team that could win a championship. I think Michael Porter is a better overall player than Fred Van Vliet. The thing is, to me, Michael Porter is injury-prone. Yep. He doesn't have a history of being in the finals. Fred Van Vliet's a guy that's been in the finals, and he played damn well in those NBA finals. I think if you add a guy like Fred Van Vliet to this team, probably someone better than him, it will take the defenders off Jamal Murray, take the defenders off Nikola Jokic. They'll spread the ball around a little easier, and sometimes some of those shots will be falling in Game 7s, and they could get to the finals. I'm not saying they're going to get to the finals, but I think the Nuggets are a team that's one piece away from very well being able to compete with the Lakers and Clippers at a much better pace than they were this season. If Denver was a piece like that away from being a legitimate contender, don't you think they'd do it? Yeah, they probably could do it if they wanted to. I don't to. think they think that's enough. Well, I think it's a better pick than the Thunder. I I think uh, you wow. t- I think you t- made it, you, I think you got to pick first, um, and I and I almost went with the Timberwolves. That would have been a worse pick. How would I have um, to leave? <laughs> um, the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, what do you want me to do? Say the Celtics. I all I do is talk about the Celtics all day long. They're, they're a piece away. No. What do you want me to do? Talk about the Heat. The Heat just made the finals. They're a I piece li- away. I like all these picks. Wait till Fred Van Fleet signs with the Nuggets. Well, I'll be correct. He's going on. to the Knicks. No, I think he is too. But that saves us for our second question. <laughs> speaking of the Toronto Raptors and speaking of Fred Van Fleet, the team most likely to regress. You guessed it, the Toronto Raptors. The reason why, I think Fred Van Fleet is on his way out. I think Serge Ibaka is on his way out. And that's a lot of experience right there. It's a lot of finals experience. Kawhi Leonard, is he on the team still? I don't think so. Is Danny Green on the team still? I don't think so. Is Pascal Siakam the guy that's going to get to this team to the finals? He's on the team still. He's still on the team. But can Pascal Siakam get this team to the finals without Fred Van Fleet, without Serge Ibaka, without Danny Green, without Kawhi Leonard? The team's going to regress. Nick Nurse is a good coach. But with guys leaving like Ibaka and Van Fleet, is Terrence Davis the man that's going to hit the game-winning shots to no, get this team? No, uh, Boucher. Yeah, Chris Boucher is going to get like 10 blocks a game and become a triple-double threat for I years like to him. come. I actually like Boucher a lot. But no, but in I the end, my team regress. I think it's the Raptors. I think Ibaka's out. I think Van Fleet's out. Van Vliet's out. I think Nick Nurse is still in. Siakam's still there. But I think they have a lot of work to do when they're going to lose those players. I think that's a great pick. Um, they're getting older outside of Siakam. I mean, everyone's getting older, obviously. But um, <laughs> the, the, o- the older players are going to regress for sure. Lowry. Speaking of older, I just turned 23. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy birthday. Happy right. birthday Lowry. Justin. Yeah, I already said it. Um, Lowry is going to get worse. Gasol's going to get worse. Oh, that's your pick, too? Nope. Uh. Um, I just think you're right. I think that's a good pick. Um, they are a a textbook regular season team. Um, yeah. They they go hard every single night because they feel they need to prove to the league that they need to, that they can win games. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna they'll probably finish as a home court team again. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them, but I don't think they'll do what they did this playoffs and that and you know be a game away from the conference finals. Yeah, no way. I don't think they'll be that good. Uh, my pick. For a team most likely to regress is the Houston Rockets. Um, yeah, good pick. I know they just made a coaching change, which could help them, uh, you know, improve and the GM as well. But you know, sort of like I, I sort of imagine it like when a team has when a football team has like a new quarterback and they they run a whole new style and and they you know they do they're really successful. Like if you can imagine Lamar Jackson, he runs the ball all over the place and it's everyone's first time seeing that and they don't know what to do about it so he go right. he goes off 
That was sort of like the Houston Rockets with this no center thing. I think after, t- after some time, teams are able to digest how they're playing and they're going to figure out what to do. And maybe they change up their style and get a big man or, or something like that. And, it, and that you know helps them out. But I think teams are going to figure out this no big thing. Yeah. And they're going to make it a problem for Houston. They're not going to win as many games as they did last year. And, I mean, they barely escaped the first round against the Thunder team that had no business being there. So That's a good pick. I, yeah, they, they're going to be in trouble next year. What you say, Connor? A couple of good picks by you guys. I said the Indiana Pacers are going to regress. I think the Indiana Pacers are kind of stuck. Yep. They made it they couldn't make it out of the first round. They kind of old depot locked in. Sabonis didn't play, and Sabonis is one of their key players, and Miles Turner hasn't been what they hoped he would be after signing that extension. I think they're gonna move on from Old Depot. I think they're gonna move on from Miles Turner. I think they're gonna get a new coach in Mike D'Antoni, and I think they're gonna start from scratch. So you think they're you think they're a lottery team? I I do. I think they're going to be a lottery team year one. I think they're going to be close to a top 10 pick. I don't think they'll be um, quite horrible, like top seven, top five, you know, New, okay. York, New York Knicks kind of range. I don't think sure. they'll be that. I think they'll be a pretty competitive, not great team. They'll try hard. Which is kind of what they've been doing. Like, they they were kind of overachieving for a while in the regular season, just not getting done in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Kind of see to sad Nate McMillan go. He's a very good coach, and I think he would have – Led this uh, rebuild, but that's that's what I say about Indiana. I, I think they're a small market team looking to revamp and looking to restructure that roster. I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, they I think that the best move for them is to rebuild. I mean, if you look at that team, they got swept out of the first round this year, and for those with a good memory, they got swept out of the first round last year too by the Celtics. Um, they they really are a team that you know. Earns that four-five seed, um, then just can't compete with the team they're matched up against. And yeah, Oladipo wants out. Turner probably will get moved. Um, I, I agree that they're on their way to the lottery, and it's probably the best move for them because that that roster was not going anywhere up. Right. In your opinion, on to our third question: What player needs a change of scenery? There's a lot of players in the NBA that need a change of scenery. Who's your number one? I said Devin Booker, and I know the Suns had a really good year. I know Monty Williams is a good coach. Ain't no, baby. I just think that Devin Booker, he needs out. Um, he's never been in the playoffs. He's been he's been improving year in and year out. He's been a consistent 20-point-per-game scorer. He's already had the 70-point game against Boston. He's becoming a better playmaker. He's a phenomenal talent, one of a kind, a, a scorer you don't see. And I think he needs to... I think he needs to move on from Phoenix. I think he needs to be a number one option on a contending team or a great number two option on a contending team. I think he's an amazing player with tremendous upside. I think he's got the potential to be a legendary player in this game, but I don't see it get it done in Phoenix. I think he needs to... I know he signed that extension, but I think he needs to ask out, and I think Phoenix needs to work out a trade. Do you think he's good enough to be the best player on a championship team? I do. I think if you put the right pieces around him, he is more, more than good enough. Who's your pick, Jake? Change of scenery in the NBA. I'm going to go with Damian Lillard. Um, This guy, I think, absolutely is good enough to be the best player on a championship team. I agree. Um, But in today's NBA, it might take another guy similar to his talent level for them to get the the job done just because of what other teams are doing. And I don't see Portland doing that for him. Um, I think his prime is being wasted in that that city. um, And it's... Almost to no fault of his own. It seems like every time they need him to do something, he does it. But, you know, that, that team, 
went from being a conference finals team last year to just getting bounced out of the first round this year, but in a gentleman's sweep by the Lakers, um, which, you know, when you run into LeBron, you lose more often than not. But it, it seemed like the Lakers just gave them like a feel-out game, and then they just pounded them into the ground. Um, and, and, you know, nobody really worried about what was going to happen in that series. So I think Lillard, I, I don't have a destination for him. I just think if he went to a team with a player near his level – um, and, and solid coaching, he'd be a legitimate contender every single season and not just one of these, like, borderline playoff teams that we call, a, you know, a good pick for an upset. Um, and, and this dude could very well be the best point guard in the NBA. So I think he, he really does need to get on it while he's in his prime right. and earn himself, the you know, the Hall of Fame resume that I think he's capable of achieving. I'm going to have to go with Nikola Vucevic for this one. He's a guy on a team that's just simply not very good. This is an Orlando Magic team that's very capable. It seems like every season, squeaking into that eight seed of the playoffs. Seems like they do it every year. Nikola Vucevic is a guy on this team. He's their best player. He's averaged a double-double in three of the last four seasons. 20, se- 20 points in his last season, 19.5 or 6, I think it was, in the one before that. He's a guy that can average 20 points, can score 25 points almost every game. He takes a ton of shots on a team that's simply just not that very good. They're not going to get far with him being their best player. I think Nikola Vucevic would do very good on a team where he could be like the second or third best player. Celtics? Yeah, he'd be good on the Celtics. It's going to get me to one of my questions in a second here. But Nikola Vucevic is a good player. I kind of feel bad for him being on Orlando the last eight seasons, a team that's just simply not that good. So I think it's Nikola Vucevic, in my opinion. On to the fourth question. You guys get a bold prediction in the NBA offseason. Mine kind of involves Nikola Vucevic just because it's a center. Jake, you said he'd look good on the Celtics. My bold prediction is not him being on the Celtics, but I think it's going to be Miles Turner. I think before the season begins, I think Miles Turner is going to be wearing green. I don't know what the trade's going to be, whether Gordon Hayward ends up in Indiana, whether Oladipo ends up in Boston, but the prediction for me is I think Miles Turner will be the Celtics' starting center when the season resumes or continues or starts. You don't think he'll come off the bench for Tice? I think Miles Turner's better than Tice. <laughs> I think so, too. So I think Miles Turner's going to end up in green. My bold prediction also involves the Indiana Pacers, and it is that Victor Oladipo will be a Golden State Warrior come the start of the season. I think the Warriors are in prime position to go out there and get another guy to complement Curry, Clay, and Draymond. And I think Victor Oladipo has the potential to be that guy. When you have a contract like Andrew Wiggins and a high lottery pick that the Warriors possess, I think that they have the freedom to go out just about anywhere they want and retool their team um, in a in a huge blockbuster trade, and I think the perfect opportunity is going for a guy like Victor Oladipo, who has already publicly stated that he doesn't want to be on the Pacers, and and the Pacers are probably just waiting for the right opportunity to get a guy. It could be a draft night trade. Um, it, it really has the potential for that to happen, um, and I think if you're the Pacers and, and you have a guy like Oladipo who says, I'm going to leave when my contract's up, you want to get something for him, and I think Wiggins and a, and a high pick for maybe Oladipo and you know, Warren or something is probably a good trade. A couple of good predictions by you guys. My bold prediction is that Chris Paul is going to be a Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, wow. By the time it's crazy. Next season will start. How's that going to happen? How's that going to happen? They're going to have to ship Kuzma. They're going to have And Rondo won't be there either, probably. Rondo. They're going to have to move everyone who isn't named James or Davis. Right. And they're going to have no problem doing that. They can keep Jared Dudley. I think they could yeah. keep Danny Green, maybe. JR. But, you know, I think... I, I don't think they can keep Danny Green. 
Yeah. Contract-wise. Maybe not. But either way, I think they're going to do whatever they can to make it happen. I think Chris Paul is in – no, I know Chris Paul is in the last year of his deal. He can opt in or opt out for the player option next year. And I think the Lakers are going to take a chance on that and put the banana boat into effect. And they're going to have Chris Paul next to LeBron James. Maybe they ask Carmelo if he wants to join, and maybe Carmelo comes to join them. I don't know. But that's my bold prediction. I think Chris Paul is going to be a Los Angeles Laker, and the Lakers are going to poise themselves for back-to-back chances. We'll see if any of these bold predictions come true when the season starts. The last question here today, if the season started in two hours, if the season started tomorrow, what's your finals matchup right at the moment? I got Clippers heat. Uh, I think the Clippers um, have a lot to prove next year. Tyron Lue, they've already said, is going to be their coach next year and in-house hire. I think, I think they've heard a lot of the noise. Kawhi Leonard is getting a ton of heat this offseason, deservedly so. Heat. And I think the Clippers are going to prove themselves next year, and I think they're going to prevail and get, to the, and get to the finals against the Miami Heat. And I think the Miami Heat are going to add another piece to ensure that they get back to the finals themselves too. I think that's an extremely bold pick, picking uh, the Heat, who nobody, who th- we thought had no business being in the finals, reaching there again, yep. as well as picking the Clippers, who everyone is down on right now, uh, overachieving, I-, I would say at this point, and beating a team that you say is going to add Chris Paul. Um, that is that is quite a quite a feat for the Clippers. I'm gonna say the finals matchup is the Golden State Warriors. Versus the Boston Celtics, a team that currently has the second pick in the draft. Wow. Getting all the way to the championship. Um, Very similar to a 2008 situation um, out there in Boston, um, if if you recall that. So I'm going to say it's the Warriors uh, making a return. I think Clay is the kind of player where that injury... You know, won't typically affect him as badly as it will other guys because he doesn't really rely on that athleticism. I don't think the jump shot's going to die. Um, him and Curry are going to are going to come back and be great again. Draymond will do his thing. They'll probably pick up a big somewhere, and they'll and you know they'll they'll make a move. I think they get Depot. So I I think a, a team with that team with Victor Oladipo is is the favorite to make the finals. Um, and the Celtics. I really hope they make a move. I think they have the potential to make the finals, even if they don't. Um, I mean, we just saw they were, they were, you know, a couple games away. They, they seem to always be a couple games away and maybe next year's the year. I, you know, we'd say that every year too, but Tatum, another year of development, Brown, another year of development, Kemba, another year of chemistry with those guys and hopefully a year of healthy Hayward. Um, I think that they have enough talent to make the finals for sure. For me, my finals matchup, I think the Lakers are going to get back and I wouldn't be surprised if they won back to back. You got LeBron James and Anthony Davis and those are two Hall of Famers, All-Stars, All-NBA, two of the top best players in the league. Not the top two, but pretty close. And LeBron and Anthony Davis just form a scary combination, as you saw this season. I think it's going to be the Lakers, and I think the Bucks are due to get there. I think Giannis needs to get to the finals for his resume, for his career. He needs a championship. I don't know whether he can beat the Lakers or not, but I think for the most part, the Bucks are going to bring back most of that team that you saw this season. They have lots of depth. The East got a lot better. Brooklyn's going to be good. The Celtics are going to be good. Toronto's still probably going to be decent, even though they lose some players. Philly, of course, will probably be good with Ben Simmons healthy. You don't think Philly's going to be good? No. I think if Simmons is healthy and Embiid's healthy, Philly's always like a six seed. I like Doc Rivers as a coach. Yeah, Doc Rivers is going to be interesting there. Speaking of coaching changes, Tyron Lue, another coach that went to the Clippers. But I think it's going to be the Lakers. I think it's going to be the Bucs. It's going to be interesting to see what happens as the season doesn't start for a couple months. 
But finally, for the rest of the show today, it's time for some more football. A lot of these COVID cases are finally clearing up a little bit. Sounds like the Patriots and Broncos are good to go tomorrow as they were supposed to play last week. I heard a coach has uh, COVID now. Yeah, I got that alert. Who? I don't know who it was exactly. It was, I'm looking. Um, Melvin Gordon not playing tomorrow for the Broncos. Broncos coach Curtis Modkins test positive for COVID. Never heard of him, but best wishes to you, Curtis. Hopefully you can get back on the field sometime soon. But it sounds like all the games... Back on the field, he is, he's a coach. Field on the sidelines, whatever you want to do. But you know what? You got four teams on buys this week. You got the Seahawks. You got the Saints. You got the LA Chargers. You got the Las Vegas Raiders. But guess what? The rest of the league's not on a buy. So let's get to our picks this week. Starting, there's no Thursday night game, unfortunately. Before we get to the picks, I lead in the standings at 50 and 27. Jake Platter had an amazing week. Only a game behind me at 49 and 28. And Connor, 42 and 35. Still got some catching up to do. Eight games back. Starting off with the first game. Last week. You guys stop me when you have your lock of the week, your prediction, your bold pick, whatever you want to call it. Okay. We got the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans to start off week six. Who's going to win this game? I got the Titans taking this one. I think that they are riding high after their early bye and a win over an undefeated Bills team. Um, I think Henry's hitting his stride. I think Tannehill's looking good. And I think the Texans, uh, I know they just got up their first one of the year, but I still think they're a little lost, and they, they're playing a legitimate team on the Titans now. I got the Titans taking this one. I think this is going to be a good game, but I do have the Titans as well. I think the Titans proved themselves on Tuesday night against Buffalo that they are a sound football team. They are a team that's going to be a contender when this thing is coming close to the end, and I think they have a lot to, not a lot to prove. They have shown that they are a real team, and I think the Texans – like Jake said, they did get their first win, but they are a little bit of disarray with Cornell, a coach. I think the Titans will win. I think the coaching change is actually going to help Houston, as you saw them win that game last week. I think this is going to be a good game. I'd take the over if I was betting in it. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and I think Tennessee is going to have a little bit of a letdown this week, and I think the Houston Texans take this game, and they're going to show that they're a threat in the division. I see David Johnson a having a pretty— threat in the division? It's not over yet. The Titans are undefeated, and the Texans are 1-4. and four. They're undefeated, but they'll not be undefeated after this week because I think the Houston Texans are going to win this game, and I think Deshaun Watson is going to be a top-five quarterback this week, and it's going to be a high-scoring game. That would be very good news for you in fantasy. Yeah. No, I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a very good week. I think it's going to be a good game, but I'm going to have to take the Texans in this one. Next up at 1 o'clock, it's the Cincinnati Bengals and the Indianapolis Colts, and this is my upset of the week. I have the Cincinnati Bengals winning this game. I like Joe Burrow more than Phillip Rivers. I think Phillip Rivers is having a pretty putrid season so far. Terrible. And this Colts defense is good. Are they good enough to keep up with T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Burrow, and Joe Mixon this week? The answer is no. That's why Cincinnati is my upset of the week. I like the pick. I, I almost went with it myself. But I got the Colts. I think they're at home. They're riding on the, on the young guy, Jonathan Taylor, who's looking really nice this year. They have a great defense, so I think they're going to you know, stifle some of those offensive players you were talking about for Cincinnati. And I think coming off a loss to Cleveland, I think they're going to try and keep up with that playoff contention they're working towards, and they're not going to lose two in a row. So I got the Colts. Wow. I got the Colts, too. I, I think Cincy is a pretty good football team for a team that's horrible. Uh, they got some good offensive pieces. Their defense is horrible. And I think that's where the Colts are going to take advantage. Their run defense isn't great, and Jonathan Taylor has proven himself to be a very good back so far in this league. And Phil Rivers is not great by any stretch of the imagination, but I oh. think he's going to do enough to 
to get it done against the Bengals. They're going to have a great run game, and Phil Rivers won't need to throw the ball all that often. Yep. So disagreeing with you guys for both of these, Connor could catch up or fall way behind in the standings. The next one, I bet you guys might disagree with me on this one too, or maybe not. I have the Atlanta Falcons beating the Minnesota Vikings this week. I just watched Minnesota, and I don't think they're legit. They played a great game against the Seattle Seahawks, and part of the reason for me why is I have never believed in Kirk Cousins. He's, he's a decent quarterback. I don't think he has many options. Adam Thielen's a good player. I think this is another game where I wouldn't be surprised if you take the over. I think the Atlanta Falcons win this game, and I think the Vikings are going to have big trouble stopping Todd Gurley this week, and Matt Ryan's finally going to be back to normal with Julio Jones back in the lineup. I think Atlanta wins a tight game. I also have Atlanta winning this game. Huh. No Dalvin Cook. Um, looking like Atlanta is you know, going to take one from a team that's sort of in disarray without their, their best player. Um, and like you said, Julio back, that team's healthy. Um, I think they're, they're due for a win at this point. They should have already got one against the Cowboys, but the, the Vikings have been struggling, so I see the Falcons taking this one. I'm going to have to agree with both you guys. Wow. And for the same reasons, I think the Falcons are going to win this game, and Dalvin Cook not playing is a huge part in that. Next up, finally, this game is actually taking place this week at 1 o'clock at Gillette Stadium. The Denver Broncos are traveling to New England today without Noah Fant, without Melvin Gordon, without their running back coach because of COVID. I don't see any way that Denver wins this game, and that's why this is my lock of the week. I think Cam Newton being back in the lineup is a huge factor for the Patriots, and I think the Patriots win this game by double digits. Look for Julian Edelman to get back on track in this game. Yeah, I think the Patriots kill him. I got the Pats. I got the Pats as well. Simple enough. New England, New England, New England all the way around. They better not drop to 2-3 and three with Bill Belichick being the head coach. Next up is a game that doesn't really excite too many people. A battle in the NFC East between the Washington football team and the New York Giants. I could see this game going either way, but I think Daniel Jones is going to have a big week. That, that Redskins, not Redskins, football team. Uh-oh. I might be in trouble. I think that football team defense is good. But are they good enough to stop Daniel Jones this week? I don't think they are. I think Daniel Jones throws for over 300 yards, and I think they win this game. This is my upset of the week. I got Washington taking down the Giants. That's Washington for those out there who uh, are already skeeving over what Justin said. I got Washington winning. I think they have the better defense. I think Kyle Allen is an underrated quarterback. I think that they have good players in McLaurin and, the, and those couple running backs they like to use, Gibson and McKissick. <laughs> Um, it's a good combo, and I, I think that the Giants just don't look right. That offensive line is weak. I think Washington will get to him and, and give Daniel Jones some issues. So I got Washington taking that, my upset of the week. I think it could be a tight game. I got the Giants getting their first win of the oh, I'm, year. I'm killing it in the standings Against this week. the Washington this football is a lot of, team. Yeah. I think the Giants, they've been playing some good football these past couple weeks. Good game against the Cowboys. But it didn't come out on their end. I think they're going to get it done this week. They're going to put it together. I think Kyle Allen is competent. I don't think he's going to be enough. I think Daniel Jones is going to show enough flashes. He's going to find Slayton enough times for the Giants to prevail. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens against the Philadelphia Eagles. And actually, fans are allowed in Philadelphia this week. Ridiculous. Sounds kind of crazy, but I think to me, Lamar Jackson's there. Philly probably wants to get some excitement with this team. That they want to get some money. They want to get something going on. I think this is a game that's actually scheduled to be on CBS tomorrow along with the Patriots. But Baltimore, Philly, is Carson Wentz going to beat a team like this? No. They get a great defense. They get a great quarterback in Lamar Jackson. I think this game could end up turning into a blowout, and I think Baltimore wins pretty easily. I think Baltimore kills them. I agree. I think Baltimore is going to win easily. Next up, this is a very good game. Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cleveland only has one loss. Pittsburgh hasn't lost yet. 
This game, to me, comes down to the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense is going to harass Baker Mayfield in this game. Nick Chubb is still not healthy, and he won't be for at least a couple of weeks. Can Kareem Hunt have a good game this week? I don't think he's going to. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense is too tough. I know Connor wants a big game out of Kareem Hunt for fantasy purposes. But I think Pittsburgh wins this game by about 7 to 10 points, and this is one of the best games of the week. I got Pittsburgh taking this one. I'm also going to throw in my bold prediction of the week here. I'm going to say... This is real bold, all right? may not happen at all this season, but I'm going to say it happens this week. I'm going to say Minka Fitzpatrick gets in the end zone this week against Cleveland. Whoa. Yep. Wow. You'd win a lot of money if you said that. Well, I'm going to say it. Minka Fitzpatrick gets in the end zone against Cleveland. It could be a recovery. It could be a pick six. It could be – I don't know if he plays on the, on the block team. He could block a ball and get in the end zone. It could be a pick for a two-point conversion the other way. That still counts. He's in the end zone. I'm going to say he gets in the end zone. Minka Fitzpatrick in the end zone for the Steelers. And the Steelers win. I'm going to catch up on you guys. and I'm going to say the Browns are going to win this week. And my bold prediction is Kareem Hunt is going to have two tubs in this game. You heard it right. Two touchdowns. Could be both receiving. Two tubs? How about baths? Could be running the ball in. Don't matter. He's getting two tubs. Could be throwing. And the Browns are going to beat the Steelers. The Browns showed themselves last week against the Colts that they're a good football team with a lot of good pieces. And finally, they have some pretty good coaching. Stefanski has proven himself to be a very good coach in a divisional game. There's no way they don't get up for this game. I know they're on a four-game winning streak, but there's no reason to let up. They've been hearing the hype. They've been so good this season. I think they're going to continue that against a Pittsburgh team that I think... I think they got some holes. I think they're a good football team. I think Roethlisberger is good. They got a good pass rush, but I think they're going to get exposed, and I think the Browns are going to win this week. Next up, it's the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers, and this is a game that I think is going to be very close basically the whole way. Carolina's been playing better ever since Christian McCaffrey has been out of the lineup. Mike Davis has been awesome for Carolina, helping my fantasy team a lot so far this season. Chicago's a team that many people didn't expect to be this good right away. It's Nick Foles and Teddy Bridgewater. I think this game's going to come down to the last possession either way, and I think Teddy Bridgewater's going to lead this team down the field. Robbie Anderson's going to have a huge catch, and Joey Sly is going to kick that field goal because Carolina is going to win this game. That was a very interesting sequence of events. I got the Bears taking this one. I, like you know, I was saying last week that Teddy has been really good, uh, and he has been really good. But this is going to be a true test for him playing uh, playing a great defense in the Bears. Uh, I'm going to have to deal with Khalil Mack all day. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that running and uh, escape dance he likes to do against Khalil Mack. I got the Bears taking this one. I think Allen Robinson's probably the the best receiver in this in this game. Nick Foles, you know, has has some good experience winning games. I think he'll do it this week against the Panthers. Carolina's hot, and don't sleep on the Panthers. I got the Panthers beating the Bears this week. I know the Bears are coming off a win against the Bucs on Thursday Night Football with a lot of rest. A lot of rest. Four and one team. But I mentioned last week that I do not believe that the Bears are a real good football team. You think the Panthers are? I think the Panthers are definitely better than the Bears, and I, and I think Teddy Bridgewater is better than Nick Foles, Whoa. and I think the Panthers are better coached. I think, okay. I think Matt Rule has proven himself to be already a really good coach in this league, and I think the Panthers are going to pull away. They're going to be 4-2 after this week with a four-game win this wow. week. And no McCaffrey in any of those games. Yep. Mike wow. Davis is good. 
Last 1 o'clock game of the week is the Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I really don't think this game is going to be that close. I think Jacksonville has been decent this year, maybe a little better than people have expected. I think Detroit's due for a win. You know what I thought about Detroit to start the season off. I think Matthew Stafford's going to have a huge week. I think this offense is going to start rolling this week. And I think the Jaguars' defense is just not good enough to stop Detroit. I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit scores close to 40 points in this game. Oh, a 1-3 and three team. They they're one and three, but they score the ball a lot. They score the they score it a lot. I got the Lions in this one as well. Um, I sort of agree with what Justin's saying. I think they're, the Jags have the potential to win the game, but I think the Lions are are a little too powerful on the offensive end. I think Minshew likes to that you know the defense likes to force some things out of the out of the the opposing team's offense, and then ca- Minshew sort of just capitalizes where he can. I don't think the Lions are going to let that happen. Um, they, they're a team that likes to come out early and often scoring, so I think the Lions are going to make it too big of a gap for Minshew to come back from, and they're going to win the game. I, this is my upset of the week. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to get their second victory of the year against the Detroit Lions. I do not believe in the Detroit Lions at all. I think we all know what I said about them early in the season. I think they would be at the bottom of the NFC North, and I'm going to continue they that They probably trend. will be. And they are going to lose this week as well. The Jacksonville Jaguars will get their second win. This is a non-exciting game, but it's my upset. New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. The only game that's scheduled to kick off at 4.05 this week. This is my Survivor Pool pick of the week. I get the Miami Dolphins in the Survivor Pool. I get the Miami Dolphins in this game. I love the way Ryan Fitzpatrick's playing lately, and I hate the way that your New York Jets are playing lately. I think Miami wins this game by double digits, and I think Miles Gaskin is due for another big game. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to stop him. I no. think they, I think they let uh, Frank Gore loose in this game, and the Dolphins still win. Um, <laughs> um, I th- the Dolphins just handily took care of a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, they made Jimmy look like a sack of potatoes. They made him look so bad that C.J. Beathard had to come in the game. That's exactly yes. right. C.J. Beathard had to play. I think the Dolphins take care of the Jets really easily. Um, I think it's a great survivable pick as well. Thank you. I agree. The Dolphins are going to win. Thank you. Simple enough. On to the game of the week. 425, the whole world is going to be watching this game. Even people that don't like football, they're going to see Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Turn the TV on! Turn the TV on! You got Tom Brady, you got Aaron Rodgers. They're 1-1 one one all time against each other. I actually went to the game a couple years ago where Tom Brady took down Aaron Rodgers at Gillette. This has the potential to be a shootout. This has the potential to be an NFC Championship match. This has the potential to be an awesome game. This has the potential to be one of the best games of the season. This has the potential of being Aaron Jones versus Ronald Jones versus Devontae Adams versus Mike Evans versus Chris Gilles. There's tons of great players in this game. But in the end, I think that Tom Brady wins the game. I think Tampa Bay has not played up to par this season. I think they played terrible against Chicago on Thursday Night Football. They're well-rested for this game. I think Aaron Rodgers has a great week. I think Tom Brady has a great week. But I think this game comes down to the last possession, and I think Tom Brady is going to know what down it is this time, and I think they win the game. Oh, you're done? Thank you, yes. My lock of the week is the Packers uh, taking down the Buccaneers. That's a heck of a lock. I don't think it's going to be close at all. I think the Buccaneers are looking more and more like a pretender as the season goes on. Um, Tom Brady just doesn't look right. And I know that they're going to have more rest than the Packers going into this game, and I don't really care. You want to lose $10? Because I'd take $10 for Tampa Bay right now. 10 bucks on it? You want to do it? Yeah. On the air. $10. Tampa $10. Bay will win this game. I got the Packers. Shake on there it. it is. That was the shake. I hope you heard that it in the background. Shake. It was more of a slap, but it, it counts. Don't worry. Um, it was just his hand. Yeah. Um, the, I think the Packers take care of them pretty easily. Um, Aaron Jones is, is a far better running back than Ronald Jones, Rojo over there. 
Um, I think that you know the the receivers are going to be back for for the Buccaneers, but the Packers defense is better than the Buccaneers defense. Um, Rodgers playing far better than Brady's potential MVP candidate, and Devontae Adams is going to be back for the Packers as well. So uh, good luck stopping him with that uh, worst pass defense in the league from last year. Um, I got I got the Packers taking care of business here. My lock of the week. You can put it on the board. Yeah, I got the Packers as well, and Justin, I'm a little bit perplexed that you would go as far as to bet that the Bucks would win this game. I think it's going to be a good game, don't get me wrong. Tom it's going to make it interesting. And Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be very exciting. I think it's going to be high scoring. I just think the Packers are more of a sound football team, and they have an identity. They know, they know exactly who they are, and I think the Bucks are still working through some kinks in that offense. The defenses, it's coming along for sure. I think they need to be a little bit better for this team to, for this team to be where they want to be. Um, and the Bucks, they're going to lose this game, and the schedule doesn't ease up that much for them, and I think, I think they need to win some good football games real soon. This is one of those games where I might be all up, just up all night thinking. You got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on the same field well, tomorrow. Your pick's in. It is in. We'll see what happens. Last game of the night tomorrow, Sunday Night Football at the Rams in San Francisco. I think San Francisco is due for a bounce-back performance. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is due for a bounce-back performance. And I think San Francisco takes the game. I think the running backs are going to be a little too much tomorrow night with Mostert and McKinnon. Tevin Coleman's still hurt. I don't think it's going to matter. George Kittle might have a good game. I think this Rams defense is good, but I don't think it's good enough to stop the running game of the 49ers. I got the Rams taking this one. I'm curious to see afterward how many picks you and I have differently because this might, is going to be at least a, half. This is going to be a huge. It's more than half. This is going to be a huge week for us. Um, I have the Rams taking this one. I don't know why you would pick the 49ers. They because I think they're going to win. They are. They are just playing ugly football. They they beat the teams that they absolutely should, and they play teams that they might have a good game against, and they get their butts handed to them. I I just. I think that the Rams are playing a lot better than the 49ers so far this season, and they're going to take the game. I think the 49ers have a lot to prove in this game. I think they're going to have a huge bounce-back week, and I think Kyle Shanahan is going to get this team ready. I think the Niners are going to win this week. They, have, they can't afford to fall behind. They can't afford to fall to 2-4. Two 2-3 and, four. Two and three is already bad enough for a team that just went to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to have an ego check this week, and I think they're going to beat the Rams in a really good football game. Last up, we got a Monday night doubleheader. I love these Monday night doubleheaders. The more football, the better. Five o'clock, you got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. This has the chance to be one of the best games of the week as well. Patrick Mahomes against Josh Allen. Buffalo is due for a bounce back performance because of what happened in their last game. But will that bounce back performance happen? My answer is no. I think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense is too electric for this Bills defense. It's going to be a great matchup with a great defense in Buffalo. A great offense in Kansas City, but I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a great week this week. And the Buffalo Bills will have their second straight loss as the Patriots inch closer and closer at the top of that division. I think Kansas City wins the game. I also think the Chiefs win the game. I don't think it'll be that close either. I think the Bills sort of got exposed last week, um, and they, they're on a shorter week than, than the Chiefs. Um, so I got the Chiefs taking this one. The Chiefs also taken a, a tough loss last week. I don't think they're going to play like that two weeks in a row. I think that they have something to prove, and they absolutely will against the Bills. I agree with you guys. I think the Chiefs will win this game. I think the Bills are coming off a tough loss. Uh, the Chiefs are as well, but the Bills is, I think, more tougher for me. They were not in that game at all. Um, and there was a standalone game, and Josh Allen kind of got embarrassed a little bit. And we, we had all types of hype for the Bills, and they kind of went down. And they kind of came down to earth on Tuesday night, and I think they're going to get their second straight loss. 
And I think they're going to start looking at the division and say, wow, we're going to have to beat New England to win this division. Last game of the week on Monday Night Football. It's Kyler Murray and the Cardinals against Andy Dalton and the Cowboys. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Andy Dalton in this offense. I'm definitely excited to see what happens fantasy-wise, whether Michael Gallup's going to start getting some more touches in this offense, whether Ezekiel Elliott's going to be running the ball a little more. But I think this Arizona team's a little too good to win this game. I think they're going to win against Dallas. I think Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. He's not great. I think this has the potential to be another game that goes over. I think it's going to be a good game. I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to have a big week, but I think Kyler Murray's going to fool around with this Cowboys defense. That's been a huge disappointment this season. I say Arizona wins this game by about one possession, but I think it's going to be a pretty good game to end the week. I think you're, you got a, a pretty good idea there of what's going to happen. Um, I think the Cowboys could win. It's possible, but I got, I got, I got to pick the Cardinals here. Um, Andy Dalton... That division's weak. So Andy, Andy Dalton could win them that division. It's very possible. But I think it's going to take him a couple weeks to, to get adjusted. Um, and I, I don't think that he's going to do it against a team that's as high scoring as the Cardinals. Um, yeah, you got to imagine they're going to play teams like Washington and the Giants. And they, they have the potential to, you know, the defense makes the right plays. They have the potential to, you know, do what they do offensively and win some games. But I think the Cardinals are taking this one for sure. They're just too powerful on the offensive end. Dallas won't be able to stop them. This is actually my lock of the week, and I'm going to disagree with both of you. I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys are going to win this tight football game. The Cowboys, with Andy Dalton in, I don't think that's much of a huge drop between Dalton and Dak Prescott. I think, I think the offense is going to remain mostly the same. They have a lot of good weapons, and Dalton has succeeded in this league before. Don't forget that he did succeed in a crappy Cincinnati Bengals organization. So don't forget that either. Your lock of the week is, is a backup quarterback. They're winning. They're winning on Monday Night Football, 8 o'clock. The Cowboys are beating the Cardinals. I just don't believe in the Cardinals that much. I, I have beat lo- the 49ers. Yeah. So did the Dolphins. I had a lot of high hopes. Ryan Fitzpatrick's really good. Who? Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's okay. The Cardinals had a lot of high hopes going into this into this year, and I, I said Kyle Murray would be my MVP, and they just haven't performed up to the standard I thought they would. And I think they're going to have a tough week. I think the Cowboys are going to score a lot of points. Well, that wraps up our Week 6 NFL picks. We're going to get to these fantasy football questions to end the show. Looking at this week real quick, I think this has the potential to be one of the best weeks in a long time. you got the game with Green Bay and Tampa Bay. you got the game with Cleveland-Pittsburgh. you got the Kansas City-Buffalo game. A great Monday night doubleheader. I'm excited for tomorrow. It's going to be a great week. We're going to see who's going to be at the top of the standings. Me and Jake definitely disagreeing on a lot of games this week. We'll see if Connor can climb up the ladder a little bit this week. But now our fantasy football mailbag, Mike Craddy's question of the week is Josh Allen's most recent performance a cause for concern going forward, or do you think he's going to bounce back? And that starts this week against Kansas City. I think Allen will bounce back, and as a Josh Allen fantasy holder, I'm confident in that. I'm telling you. Josh Allen's playing a lot of good football teams. Don't get me wrong. The schedule is going to be a little bit tough, but that just means that Josh Allen's going to have to throw the football more. And if you drafted Josh Allen, that means you believe in his, his ability to throw the football, and you've been proven right through the first five games of the season. Don't stray away. Stay with it. Stay with the course. Josh Allen's going to be a top five fantasy QB. Stick with him, Craddy. I think um, – I don't think it's cause for concern. I don't know if he'll necessarily get back to it right away against the Chiefs. I think he's going to be forced to do some things. I know, I know Connor says he's going to be forced to throw the ball, which – Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. If it gets him out of his rhythm, it's, it's not going to be good for him. And in this game, it, the, the Chiefs may get some points on them early, which change 
how the Bills are, you know, playing their game. Um, but I think down the line, Josh Allen's going to be just fine. You got you to gotta think all the best fantasy quarterbacks sort of possess similar skill. They're accurate throwers, and they're, they're, for the most part, good runners. And Josh Allen is a great runner, so I think his floor is high. Um, and, and I think Connor's right. He'll finish around that top five area, um, and you, you're not going to find another guy anyway, so I don't think you're, there's not much concern there. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with both of you. Josh Allen, I think just like what you said, Connor, I think he's going to be a top five fantasy quarterback now. I think he's going to be a top five fantasy quarterback to end the season. Another big reason why I think you've got to believe in Josh Allen is Devin, Devin Singletary is actually a pretty good running back. I think teams are going to start to recognize that on defense. It's going to give Josh Allen some more move to Rump to move in the pocket. I think you still get your great receivers, John Brown, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley. He's going to be a great quarterback to end the season. He's a great quarterback now. I think he's going to have a great week this week as well. Unfortunately, I don't think his team's going to win, but Mike, you got to hold on to Josh Allen if you have him. He's a good quarterback and he's a great fantasy quarterback to have. Next question of the week comes from our dear friend Tommy. He asked us a question involving John Brown. John Brown or Travis Fulgham at the flex position? And for those of you that don't know, Fulgham's a guy that just had a monster week for the Eagles. That's a real tough pick. John Brown going in with a questionable tag, a Monday night game. It's, it's very risky to hold him and want to play him. I think if he's playing, he's going to do better than Fulgham. Um, the potential there is too high. I know Diggs gets all the looks, but they're playing the Chiefs, and like Connor said, they're going to be throwing a lot. It's going to be a high-scoring game. And, and you, you're going to want to play Brown if he's playing. So I'd wait right up until that, that time where the Eagles are going to play to make your pick. But if you're worried about John Brown playing, I think you got to go with Fulgram. I don't know how good he's going to do. Baltimore just did a great job shutting down um, who they played last week. Baltimore, they played they play the Bengals. They, the Bengals yeah. they did a great job shutting down those Bengals receivers. The, the Bengals almost put up a goose egg. Um, obviously, uh, the Eagles are a little better. Than, than the Bengals in that regard. I think Carson Wentz will still get his guys the ball, but I don't know how much he's going to get them the ball. So it's it's a tough play on either guy. I'm going to have to agree with Jake here. I think you're going to have to monitor the John Brown situation, and if he's good to go, I think you should go with him. Fulgram, I think, is a, is a good receiver, and he was a good pickup. I just think that against this Ravens team, uh, Fulgram's probably going to be matched up against either Humphrey or Marcus Peters, and that's not an ideal matchup, especially when Carson Wentz has not been playing his best ball. Yep. So I don't think you should trust Fulgram all the way with that matchup. But again, you might have to roll with it if, if John Brown's not able to go. Uh, the Eagles game is at, I think it's 4.30 or is it 1, a 1, 1 o'clock? It's a 1 o'clock game. So you Mostly 1 o'clock games. So you're gonna so you're gonna have to make a game time decision before one, and it, unfortunately you might have to go with Fulgram if John Brown's questionable because you can't risk a zero. I'm sure. So I would say monitor that, and you're in a tough spot, Tommy. I'm sorry. Tommy, I think this is a great question, but the reason why I'm going to have to agree with Jake on this one and go John Brown is because John Brown is more experienced. He's been better, and you look at Travis Fulgham. He's, a, he's had one good week. Can you trust a guy that's had one good week in an Eagles offense that, to me, is really just not that good? I think they're going to have to throw the ball a lot in this game, but to me, is Travis Fulgham going to get a lot of touches? He probably will, but I agree. John Brown's the guy that I'd pick this week. They have a better offense in Buffalo. They're going to be throwing the ball a heck of a lot still in that game against Kansas City. And John Brown's a guy that I think is going to actually get it to the end zone in this game, even though he's questionable. So go with John Brown this week. Tommy. Last question is again from Tommy. It involves their survivor pool that unfortunately Jake and Connor already knocked out of. Who's the better survivor pick 
this week, the Miami Dolphins or the New England Patriots? I went with the Miami Dolphins just because I didn't have the Patriots left. I already used them in the previous week. So I'm going to have to go with the Miami Dolphins being my pick, but I think the New England Patriots are the better pick of the week just because Noah Fan and Melvin Gordon aren't playing. I think the Patriots are very safe here to win this game. I think both picks are... Are good. I was I was trying to do a little extra research for you. The Dolphins are on a bye next week. The Pats have a couple hard matchups, and then they get the Jets three weeks from now. So if you are confident in the Dolphins and think you're going to need the Patriots later on, they do have a matchup with the Jets coming down the line. I don't think anyone's going to argue the Jets have a chance to win this game against the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins will handle it just fine. They'll probably win by 10 at least. So... I would lean Dolphins based on future schedule. Who do I think has a better chance of winning this week? I'd put both teams uh, upwards of 85 to 90%, so I don't think it's really going to matter. Um, long-term play, Dolphins are, are the pick this week, so you can use the Patriots later. I was just going to mention that. I think both teams are great survival pool picks. I think the Jets are inept, and Donald will not play again this week. So I think Dolphins are a shoe-in to win, and I think the Patriots are definitely a shoe-in to win, even though Drew Locke is expected to play for the Broncos this week. They have a number of injuries to overcome, and the Patriots are a good football team. As far as the long play pick, I'm going to have to agree with Jake. I think you should pick the Dolphins this week and save the Pats for another time. The Dolphins aren't going to have many games where you're going to look at the schedule and say, yep, they're going to win that game for sure. And this is the week they're going to do it, playing a horrible Jets football team that just lost Le'Veon Bell. No Sam Darnold. You have to go with the Dolphins here. Totally agree. Well, today, guys, it was a very good show. We will be back. It sounds like on Friday for week eight, we're going to have something to tell you about, but we're going to save that. Tune into our, social, mention it, mention it. T- tune into our social media page. But um, that's all the balls, all underscore T-H-E-B-A-L-L-S. We're going to have something to tell you about. So you're going to want to tune in for sure on Friday. It's going to be a very interesting week. We can't wait to tell you all about it. Connor and Jake, you guys have fun today? I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Can't wait for next week, too. Once again, this show is sponsored by Service with a Smile, 617-620-0207. Give Victor Miller a call if you want to come down and watch Connor Howe's show in your basement. We even had my sister come down for a little while. Give me my birthday card. That was the main reason. But thanks for coming and tuning in for a couple of minutes. We'll be back. Week 8 is coming up. Enjoy football tomorrow. Connor Howe and Jake Platter, thanks again. Connor, thanks for having us. I'm Justin Miller. Jake Platter's here. Connor Howe's here. We're signing off. See you next week.